Welcome to the Travel Pulse Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Bowman, the executive editor of TravelPulse.com. Today is Tuesday, July 13th. Happy Travel Tuesday, everyone. Happy National French Friday, too. Where is your favorite place in the world to get fries? Let me know. I'd love to hear from you. Shoot me an email at podcast at travelpulse.com is the best way to reach me there. So coming up on the show today, as we always do, we'll talk what's trending in the travel industry, including reopening news and optimism in the air travel rebound. Before I bring on this week's guests, though, I want to encourage all travel advisors to head over to TraviAwards.com to vote for the 2021 Travis. Advisors can vote on their favorites in the industry in a variety of categories. Let your voice be heard on who you think is the best of the best in the travel industry. Additionally, all my travel advisor friends and listeners out there, I want you to check out the uh, Leisure Destination and Cruise Expo. It's happening this week. The two-day event takes place July 14th through the 15th from 2 p.m. to 5 p.m. Eastern. The ultimate virtual event experience will allow travel advisors to engage and connect with some of the top suppliers around the world for free from the comfort and convenience of their home office. So participating travel professionals will have the chance to talk with live representatives from destinations, suppliers, cruise lines, tour operators, and much more. So be sure to check that out again. That's July 14th through the 15th from 2 p.m. to 5 p.m. Eastern. You can register at travelpulse.com. If you're listening to this later in the week, though, you can actually check the expo out on demand over on travelpulse.com as well but make sure you subscribe to this podcast and you'll get that information right away when episodes drop every tuesday so let's bring on today's guests and now joining me on the show today is richard aquino and dan durazo from allianz welcome to the show guys tell our listeners a little bit about yourselves hello eric um well i'm richard aquino I'm vice president head of sales with allianz partners um i've been with allianz for about 17 years and actually uh Prior to, to Allianz, I've been in the uh, uh, out of the insurance side and on the travel side. So got my start in the, the tour business, agency business, been a little bit of technology. Um, and I think uh, what, what's interesting is, is our team, our field sales team, is all from the travel side of the business, not from the insurance side. Um, I just think it brings a great dynamic to really understanding the, the business because I think you Insurance is complicated and you can get it. Uh, it's really about the partnerships and understanding uh, the travel aspect of it. Uh, and that's how we bring the value to the to our partnerships. Hey, Eric, I'm Dan Durazo and I'm Director of Marketing and Communications at Allianz Partners. It's great to be here with you today. Um, people call me uh, most commonly the PR guy. And uh, it's always a pleasure to be able to work with the uh, great editorial team at Travel Pulse. So thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad both of you guys could join on. Very well versed in the travel industry and in travel insurance. So the three of us are going to talk a little about the needs to know on travel insurance in this new travel world here uh, coming up a little bit later on in the show. But first, as we do for every show, in case this is your first time listening, let's dive into what's trending in the world of travel in the last week. And we begin with destination news. Uh, Only a few states still have COVID-19 travel restrictions, the biggest one being Hawaii at the moment. They just relaxed entry requirements for vaccinated Americans. So if you're vaccinated, you don't need to pretest for COVID before arriving. And you can use the Common Pass app for digital proof to make it even easier. However, uh, Hawaii still has an indoor mask mandate that likely won't be going away until the fall, according to their governor's uh, comments yesterday at a news conference. Internationally, uh, the UK could allow vaccinated U.S. travelers by the end of summer, and Canada is expected to announce tourism reopening updates in the coming weeks. But last uh, week, their prime minister did say that, quote, I can tell you right now that's not going to happen for quite a while, end quote. 
So unfortunate news there up uh, to our neighbors of the north. Uh, we did get some good news for a Caribbean island. Cayman Islands has uh, been the kind of the lone guy out there in the Caribbean uh, without any reopening for tourism. But we do have a bit of an update there as beginning September 9th, they'll finally start the process in their phased plans to reopen for tourism. So um, as far as the U.S. restrictions for international travelers coming here and helping boost the U.S. economy, um, the lift on the international travelers there, the latest is that they're working on it. But as of late last week, the Biden administration said they had no immediate plans to lift any international travel restrictions right now. So that's kind of the latest stuff going on in the destination stuff um, side of things. So Richard and Dan, my, my question, uh, your thoughts on the international travel news right now? Are you seeing more interest in travel to Europe uh, as the other countries continue to reopen? Richard, I'll take, let you take a stab at that one first. Um, well, I'm definitely seeing uh, demand in inquiries about uh, travel to Europe. For example, if you look at how many people will quote um, uh, Europe, I think you're seeing a great, really, uh, increase in that. So, so overall, we're seeing, of course, demand, you know, really off the charts. But I, I think as we see in, in, in the market, uh, as the airlines, you know, start saying like, hey, we're flying to Europe, uh, we're, we're seeing the vaccinated traveler really, really starting to take advantage of what, what I perceive to be some deals, at least in, in the uh, in the very beginning before uh, the inventory starts to tighten up. Yeah. And I'll just I'll just jump in and mention that from my perspective, I think travel to Europe is still very complicated for Americans. And you have a lot of different requirements in different countries, which is creating a lot of uncertainty, I think. Um, and people are waiting for those uncertainties to, uh, to go away so that they can book with confidence. I think travel insurance can help by taking care of some of the um, potential problems that people may face uh, going to Europe and elsewhere. But, you know, right now uh, I saw a statistic where um, travel to Paris from Americans is down 85% right now. I think, as Richard mentioned, that the Americans are going to return in droves, but they're waiting for some of that uncertainty to settle down. Right. Yeah, I think a lot of uh, Americans focus is domestic travel right now. Then there are some, you know, hardcore travel lovers out there that are venturing over to Europe. I know some people who just went to Italy um, and some people in France as well. So it's, it's happening. It's just not a lot at the moment. And I think it, it, you guys hit the nail on the head there. It's those restrictions that are in place at the time right now. So there's certainly interest and pent up demand to go, but I think it's going to take some time before you get really big uh, European travel numbers there. We did have some new, um, data come out from Longwoods International, and they're tracking a study of American travelers. Uh, they said American travelers um, have some level that have some level of vaccination is now at 50% of fully, uh, fully vaccinated for, for travelers, which, which is good. You know, if you do want to travel right now, it's going to be easier if you are vaccinated. So that's where the situation is at hand for um, destinations. If you look back a year ago where we were at this time, that was kind of what was facing the Caribbean at the moment is a destinations where as far as international travel, that was kind of the focal point for what you could do since Europe was still closed. And now Europe's kind of facing that. And, and as the restrictions lift and lift, uh, you'll see more and more travelers head over that way. Moving along to cruise news, um, just to recap a bit of what's been happening there, we finally got some good stuff going on there. Uh, MSC Cruises announced a new terminal in Miami. It'll be a 450 million mega cruise terminal set to debut in December of 2023. And also happening in December of 2023, AMA Waterways is expanding to South America. They'll cruise the uh, Magdalena River in Colombia, which is exciting there. Um, expanding, always good stuff to have new um, and expanding news, um, whether it's cruise, hotels, 
destinations, anything like that. It's, it's a good sign for the travel industry. Uh, meanwhile, large cruise ships have returned to Alaska last week. More Caribbean cruises continue to take place, along with new itineraries keep popping up, uh, being announced for 2022 and 23. Uh, river cruising is trending up both here in the U.S. and Europe for future bookings. So cruising is happening all over the world again. We just had a writer of ours come back from Greece and write all about it. So love to see that. You can... Um, get that full report over on travelpulse.com. Uh, so we're finally starting to see more and more positive news out of the cruise industry. Hopefully no more cancellations on things. You know, the unexpected can always happen though. So it's certainly good to make sure you work with um, a travel advisor and you get insurance on that. So Richard, Dan, you, um, I'm curious your thoughts on how things have been for the cruise industry over the last year. Are you guys big cruisers at all? I, well, I am. Um, I, I enjoy cruising uh, I, and I especially like the, the river cruise cruising product. I mean, uh, you know, I think I think the the world is going back with the, I'll say a measured approach, walking uh, versus running. But I think uh, you know overall, um, I, I think it's a it's a it's a challenging time. But I think the industry is definitely facing it with with a kind of measured approach um, going in. And at Allianz, you know, we're definitely seeing the you know we're seeing the pickup now. But again, just like in Europe, we're seeing a lot of things being you know booked even whether it's a year out or 18 months out. So, so I think, I think cruising is going to also come back. Um, and I like the measured approach where, you know, it's a, it's a start off and measured approach for, for safety reasons, because I think, you know, we have to get this right as an industry, right? I mean, whether it's, whether it's the Uber that's going to take you to the terminal, whether it's the, the pre-hotel, whether it's insurance product, that, that if, if a hiccup happens, you can rely on us. Um, uh, we, we all have to get it right together. Yeah, and I think that um, Richard hit the nail on the head. I think that cruising is going to come back big. I think it's a great product. I think a lot of people love it. Um, Eric, you probably saw the news that just came out that Carnival decided that um, they're going to let unvaccinated travelers on their ships as long as they're willing to pay for a COVID test and purchase travel insurance. So I think that you're going to see that, you know, vaccinated travelers are going to have an easier time navigating uh, the requirements of travel suppliers. And maybe that's another selling point for vaccinations. But it's good that Carnival came out and provided this path for unvaccinated travelers to, uh, to participate um, on their ships. And uh, I think, as Richard said, cruising is going to be big, and uh, we're just at the beginning of that. I agree. Yeah, I think it's only going to continue to get bigger just as, you know, these restrictions lift off and you can get back to the norm, if you will, of what cruising was, although it's going to be better than it used to be because it has to be. As Richard said, you know, you've got we've got to get this right as an industry. And I think the setup with, you know, doing a little bit more for the unvaccinated travelers, too, is kind of geared towards uh, families and families with kids, because a lot of kids can't get vaccinated at this time right now, but they still want to go on a cruise. And that's the kind of travel that they want to do. So but it is easier if you are an adult and, you know, you want to go on a cruise, you're going to have an easier time if you are vaccinated. There'll be less restrictions and um, less things you can do on board if you're not vaccinated. So. Over in air travel news, President Biden signed a sweeping executive order uh, last Friday aimed at reeling in corporate powers, including cracking down on airlines and their mini fees. So in the near term, what that means um, is refunds on services promised uh, but not delivered by U.S. carriers, such as when passengers' baggage fails to arrive with them or when the Wi-Fi on or in-flight entertainment system is not working, people can get their money back. Uh, and United CEO uh, came out recently and said he is very optimistic on the future of travel. Scott Kirby predicted that, uh, quote, probably next summer will be the biggest year in air travel history for Europe. 
and Asia is probably about 18 to 24 months away, end quote. He also said he doesn't expect a full return on business travel until 2023. So Richard, you're Dan, um, your thoughts on airline fees and the future of air travel? 2021 summer numbers have been exceeding expectations for some. And we had, you know, just off, just off uh, July 4th weekend was a big time for the air travel numbers. TSA um, set new records there for the pandemic era here. Uh, but many do believe that 2022 will be massive. So your thoughts? So I, I think, uh, you know, we're definitely seeing a huge uptick in, in air travel. And I think it, it I think, Everything you said, I, I, I agree with. I mean, I think by, I think as we all know, business travel is taking a little bit longer to come online, which is, uh, which is rightfully so. I mean, and what I, what I think is, I think in, in next year, in 2022, we will see, you know, growth of, of just travel in general by, by double digits. I mean, if you look at how travel normally grows at, at, at uh, usually the twice uh, twice the rate of GDP. Um, I, I think you'll see that even much, much outpace what typically is done in a year, uh, both from from pent up demand and as things open. So, so I think it's. Uh, I, I think we'll see a strong comeback. Yeah, I agree with Richard, um, Eric. Every year, you may know that we do this survey of um, travelers called the Vacation Confidence Index. Uh, at Allianz. And we found out that this summer is going to be a record-breaking year as far as how much money Americans are going to spend on their summer vacations. It's uh, north of $150 billion. That's billion with a B uh, for the first time since we started this survey 12 years ago. So it's a big jump. It's 160% over a a lockdown 2020 and 50% over a more normal 2019. So we're already seeing those numbers going up big this summer. And as Richard said, um, you know, I think next year is going to be huge and uh, air travel is going to be strong. And I think it's even going to be stronger when Europe reopens. Ooh, $150 billion. Man, that, that is a lot right there. And it does make me wonder, you know, how much bigger can next year's spending be? It's because 2022 is going to be a massive year for travel. Yeah, any any early predictions on though? You know, maybe two hundred billion. Is that is that too far of a reach? You know, I don't think anybody would have thought that we'd beat twenty nineteen by fifty percent um, this year. So really, the sky's the limit. I think. I think the pent up demand is tremendous, and I think that the challenge will be for the travel industry to provide, um, you know, enough planes, enough hotel rooms, enough rental cars, so that everybody can get out there. And well, I guess we'll see what happens. Definitely. So that pretty much wraps up what is going on, what was trending in the world of travel in the last week. Any additional thoughts, drop me an email. Podcast at travelpulse.com is the best way to reach out. So now let's dive into the theme of this week's show is on travel insurance and the needs to know. So uh, first question here is how much do you guys think the last year accelerated the idea of the need for travel insurance? And how have you guys at Allianz been handling the COVID-19 pandemic? I'm sure it's been uh, hectic just like it has for, for all of travel. I mean, so we definitely each year we see an uptick on, on travel in, uh, insurance. I mean, more people see the value of it. And, and I think uh, as the world has, has just become a disruptive place with, and that's everything from, you know, a lost bag to a, to a travel delay. So I think not to mention the, the protecting investments. I mean, you have, you know, the, the suppliers constantly, you know, make it a little more difficult to get your money back with, with cancellation penalties and such. 
So you're really protecting your investment. So I think the industry, the travel insurance industry in, in general, I think has grown greatly. I mean, if I go back to when I started in the business, well, over 25 years ago, you know, nobody knew what travel insurance was. It was like, what's that? And today it's, it's almost a no brainer. Like there's, there's just components, whether it's, you know, climate change and, and the possibility of more, you know, hurricanes happening, whether in today's environment, as we, as we change, we're faced with, with things we never thought of, like not, like not being able to go on the trip because you, you've, you've gotten COVID. So I think in, in general, the uptick has been, been really steady over the last few years because of all these things happening. And of course, in today's world, it, I think it becomes a, a, a must to travel with. You know, it's almost like, you know, passport, travel insurance. You're going to need both. I think that, uh, I think Richard's right. I think last year, um, the pandemic really put travel insurance on the radar of a lot of people who hadn't considered it before. I know from a, a media standpoint, we had reporters asking us every day, how can travel insurance help consumers? And, you know, we came out uh, this year in March with um, enhancements to our products that help people um, travel more confidently during, during an epidemic. And we, we know that was greatly appreciated. And I, I think that the interest is going to continue to be strong in travel insurance because people really see the value. Definitely. And are there any common misconceptions about travel insurance out there? How, do, how would someone know what is the right policy for them? Well, you know, I, I think the answer is the travel advisor. I mean, when you're using a travel advisor, they know where you're going, they know how you're getting there, and they know the best product to fit that journey. And, and, and that's it. And they also know the right the, not just the right product, but the right company to put with uh, to put the policy with the with the with the trap. So it really goes back to travel is complicated, and I think we've seen that during the pandemic when when if you bought something online, there was no help at all. That I think that the travel advisor has been elevated, and what better person to know? with the right fit of a product than the advisor. Yeah, Richard, you're right. The travel advisor really, I think, is key right now. And, um, you know, I think a misconception is that maybe travel insurance can cover everything and no insurance product covers everything. We try and walk a fine line between covering the things we think are important and making sure that the products are affordable and accessible to everybody. So we can't cover everything and the travel advisor can be a really great resource to find out which product best meets the needs of your family and for your trip. A hundred percent. Yes. And working with an advisor is the way to go for all your future travel needs. Uh, especially now, you know, we saw so many uh, horrific and horrible stories um, last year, people getting stranded, people not getting their money back. Um, I'm people being on hold forever. So advisors can help you out and, and find you all those deals as well on top of that stuff. So just for a question for the advisors now, how do you see travel insurance benefiting those travel agents and travel advisors? So I think it benefits the travel advisor uh, in, in so many ways. You know, one, if, if along the, the journey there is a, a, a hiccup, uh, or a problem, I mean, what better, you know, what better advocate than it can an advisor be than to have the right product for, for that trip? So I think how it ben benefits the advisor is, one, it, it allows them to sell, to focus on the the. The, the travel and if something bad or something where you need a helping hand along your trip, 
they can lean on on Allianz to to really help out in a difficult situation. I mean, you know, I think no matter where people travel to, if there's something that happens, they're probably going to text or call their travel agent wherever they are in the world. And I think having being a, a travel advisor, we have like hold on, let me get some, let me, let me get the, you know, the largest global assistance company behind you to help. So I think it helps them that way. Um, and also with, with trip cancellations and, and loss of monies, you know, you're really helping the, the, the client, the traveler protect their investment in case something bad happens. So I think it really leads itself to the travel advisor being the hero when, when something uh, difficult happens along a trip. Yeah, that's exactly right, Richard. And I think what a lot of people focus on is the insurance portion of our business, but they overlook the assistance piece, which it can be really critical if you run into, you know, an illness, an injury, a lost passport, some other um, thing happens along your trip where you need help. You know, we have global resources. We have great people who are specially trained to help our customers when they run into these problems. And the assistance piece really is critical in not only helping people, but it also gives people the confidence to book those trips, which helps travel advisors um, sell travel. So, um, you know, we're just so, so proud to be part of that ecosystem and help travel advisors get travel going again. That's great. Yeah. All great advice there um, and insight. So uh, just a quick plug, you know, travel advisors that are looking to protect their clients and investments and boost sales with the help of a comprehensive travel insurance plan can become an expert on Allianz Partners by enrolling in the Travel Agency Academy's Allianz Partner Specialist Program. Uh, the course is completely free and iOS compatible, so you can even take it on the go. So definitely check that out. Uh, all my advisor listeners out there um, working to better assist your clients in, in the needs of travel insurance. So um, one, one last question here that I have, uh, got it from a listener. Um, I'm, we were talking about cruises earlier and then, you know, things are complicated there and a lot going on. Uh, why should someone buy a third party policy versus the cruise lines travel protection was a reoccurring question I got from some listeners. So I wanted to get your thoughts on that. So I think a third party is definitely protecting your investment. One, of course it has, you know, supplier default, um, in case something would, would happen. But in, in addition to that, you know, there's just a lot of benefits from with a third party of uh, the assistant part we just talked about having the company that has a global reach that can help just about in any corner of the world is is key. The, the compensation is usually much greater for an advisor offering a third party product. So there's, there's also that. And then I think um, it's just with I'll say the training expertise and service levels of a third party like Allianz Partners, you, you see that from start to finish. So it's really, it's strong relationships, understanding the industry in a whole, uh, uh, on a whole, no matter what really supplier you use. So, so that's, that's just a couple of, of the third party, whether it's the global reach, the compensation, or the knowledge of the total industry and how the policy can move with you. And we, at Allianz, it, it's really a look of how to benefit the policyholder, how to benefit the, the agency and the agent who, and the advisor who's offering the product. So I think it's more of a, a, a well-rounded fit for, for those reasons. And Dan, you might have a few more things to, to mention. Yeah, I agree with everything you said. And I'll, I'll just mention um, that not all third parties are created equally. 
So uh, if I was a smart traveler and a, uh, a prudent travel agent, I would look for partners that offer 24-7 customer service, that have an award-winning mobile app like our Travel Smart mobile app and offer great products and services and have the global resources to, uh, to help those travelers whenever they may need help. So um, shop carefully and look for those companies that really do a great job. Noted. Yes, definitely. I think that's great advice there. And everybody wants that with this pent up demand and this more and more people traveling, there's, there's a strong desire for or a strong need rather for great customer service. And I think providing that is, is definitely key. That was actually the, uh, the theme of my, my column this week, uh, Bowman's travel brief. If you're so inclined to check that out, travelpulse.com and do a weekly column on that it kind of wraps up the news of the last week and a, a general theme on that. So uh, all, this is all great advice. I really appreciate it. Any, any final closing thoughts that you guys want to mention about uh, travel insurance and Allianz? So I'll just say that, um, and we touched on it earlier, you know, the, as, as, as travel changes, you know, we changed with it from making accommodations that really cover for, for COVID related uh, cancellations and illnesses um, for things like denied boarding. I mean, we, we moved the products to, to bring a tremendous value to the traveler uh, and our partners. And we're, we have some really strong partnerships in, in the industry. Uh, and we have a team that, that's really here to, to assist with, with, with all the help getting training and get up to speed, whether it's a travel agent academy or a webinar. I mean, we're just, I'll say we're in this together um, and we're constantly looking to make our products better where it makes the, the, the really the travel experience uh, part of the travel experience and making it better when, when something um, uh, comes up and, and needs to be addressed, bumping the road, if you will. Yeah, Richard summed it up well, and I'll just say, um, you know, it's great to have this opportunity to come on, Eric, and, and talk to your audience and travel advisors, and we really appreciate it. So thanks so much. Yeah, appreciate it. Definitely, yeah. Thank you guys so much for, for joining. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks again to Richard and Dan for taking time to join the show today and talk all things travel insurance. Great insight there. Really appreciated that. So if you'd like to be on the show or have any feedback or anything, you know the email. Drop me a line. Let me know what you can bring to the table, and uh, we'll go from there. So thanks for listening, everyone, and have a great week. 